and welcome to Chinwag Reloaded. Yes, the special word that one uses when you're doing something that you did before and it's sort of different than it was before, but actually more or less the same. But you need to have some sort of name associated with it to make it interesting. So Reloaded 2.0 or whatever, the new version of Chinwag. Um, and as you've seen, I've, I've got a series of, of luminaries on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, to do the relaunch before I start really talking to people who are from the community uh, again who aren't famous who aren't rock stars but I've got so, so I, why am I here <laughs> but I have got somebody who's famous <laughs> and who's a rock star well I, I still see myself as somebody from the community who's not famous well I, I must admit I feel, it. yeah I, I kind of feel the same which sometimes feel a little bit of an interloper maybe that's that British thing about yeah not not wanting to blow on to trumpet too much yeah, exactly. uh, which is perhaps something we could talk about Anyway, um, I'm, I'm gabbling. I'm in, I'm in Palo Alto this week because I'm spending a week with the team and I decided to hunt down uh, an expat now, Mr. Alan Renouf, who people from the UK and far and wide will know of. Um, but in case they haven't heard the name before, shock horror, who is Alan Renouf and why would I want to speak to him? Okay, I am a product manager at VMware. Um, and I product manage our CLIs, our command line interfaces, and also what we do at the core infrastructure with automation frameworks. So tools like Puppet and Chef, Sol, Ansible, those kind of configuration management software, mm -hmm. like what we're supposed to be doing to make it easier for them to integrate with us. Sure. But like people will have known you before you joined VMware, before you were a product manager. Yeah, maybe. No, not maybe, <laughs> definitely, because you wrote books on yeah, yeah, CLI absolutely. with groups of people. I did. I started off as a customer of VMware's, fell in love with their products, and then joined VMware. And but you're right. People will know you because of the health script as well, because mm -hmm. that was probably, I wouldn't say the biggest thing you did, but one of the biggest things you did on your blog yeah, was sure. that health check, which has kind of become a de facto tool that a lot of sysadmins now use. Yep, the V-check script. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, when is VMware going to buy it and give you royalties? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they need to. You know, uh, V-check was a script that was written, like you said, to monitor the health of your VMware estate mm. and then basically give you back the problems that you were going to hit that day. Anything mm. that was going to bite you in the ass that day, right. it would send you a nice email saying, you know, here's the data store that's about to run out of space or a snapshot that's oversized or, you know, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't an audit script, which some people get confused with. It doesn't tell you you have five different data stores called Rod, Jane, and Freddie, and you know, and these are these are <laughs> sizes. It will actually tell you that Rod is about to run out of space, so you better do something about it. Right. Okay. Um, so you know, site definition, but I guess um, nowadays somebody would look at VC Ops or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have products that do different things in different areas. Mm. You know, you have to buy those products, whereas you don't have to buy, buy VCheck. <gasps> you can't and, say uh, that. Oh, of course I can. <laughs> the you don't have to buy Power like, CLI. <laughs> Um, but the, the great thing about that script that I love is that I've now handed it over to the community and created it as a community project. Mm -hmm. And like every day I see check-ins and, and stuff going back into that. And right. people creating their own plugins because, you know, I'm not the only person finding issues or right. finding stuff that's going to kill me. It's like other people have found all this stuff and they've written their own plugins now because mm -hmm. I read it in a, a very kind of framework type way. Right. So it's being extended by everybody now. And, and you know, we've got a, a board of people that look at the approvals and, oh my uh, God. and it's, it's great. It's like a proper grown up product, product. now. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned product and product management because, I mean, obviously you've, you've transitioned into that role. Mm. And with, with my new role in the Evo Rail team, I now have a, a dev 
people I speak to, okay. or try to, and uh, <laughs> a PM and the execs and mm. a biz dev sets of people. It's all mm. the things that you would expect in a in a startup in some respect. Right. And I've been watching our, our PM, who I know from SRM days, yep. and it made me think of, of you, because it's like, oh, well, but this is the sort of thing that Alan is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the question I wanted to ask was, how much have things changed? Um, you know, you were once a sysadmin and a user and a customer. Yep. Now you're responsible for steering and delivering product enhancements and mm. new features. How, how does that change your perspective? I, it's more than that. I was talking to somebody about it today. I've done, I've almost done the full circle. I mean, I started off using the product and then I went into technical marketing at VMware and started talking about the product and telling people how to use it. And now I'm there directing the product and saying how it should be created and what we should be investing our time and resources in to make sure that the product goes out there. Mm. So I've almost, you know, I'm almost Don't done everything with the product so far. So. <laughs> but I mean, does it change your perspective? I mean, I'll, oh, totally. I'll, I'll fess up that I yeah. still have a very, maybe not a customer perspective, but a very much a blogger perspective mm. that if there's a feature that's obviously not there, I'm like, where's that feature? When's it going to be delivered? Oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. it Tuesday of next week? Yeah. And um, my own PM is like going, whoa, whoa, hold your horses. Mm -hmm. um, we can bite off more than we can chew here if we respond to yeah. every single request for a particular feature from every single customer. We'll end up doing nothing at all. That's the thing, right? So how do you actually yeah. triage that? How do you decide? Well, product managers have got to be focused on the amount of work that the development team can actually do, right? I mean, of course, I want my product to do absolutely everything, solve world hunger. <laughs> but I actually have to be focused on what's going to cause the most impact, where we're going in the future, you know, what's the message VMware is giving out about every CLI, not just, you know, power CLI, what are all the other products doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what do our customers want? I mean, what our customers want is like the main thing that drives me as a product manager because then I need to actually go, okay, well, what realistically can we achieve in this release? What do we need to partially work on now so we can, re we can release it in two or three releases time? Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an art of tying all that together and working out what you release in a product. Mm. So it, uh, I still want everything. Right, I'm still the guy that's like, <laughs> you know, give me your use cases. We want to do everything. Mm. We want to do everything with VMware, with, with PowerCLI, mm. with the other CLIs as well. But realistically, it's my dev team that bring me da back down to earth and say, okay, you want this, this, and this. What does that really look like? What are you really asking for there? Mm. Um, and, and we'll tell you how much time it's going to take, not only to develop it, because the developing part is, is actually the part that takes the least amount of time but also QAing it as well. You know, we're going to test this stuff. We need to make sure it's backwards. No, we don't well, test we, we do <laughs> actually test this stuff. Uh, we need to make sure it's, you know, supported in every single circumstance that we can think of. Mm. We need to, you know, make sure it's backwards compatible. There's a whole different bunch of stuff that you never even think of when you use the product mm. because you use it in such an isolated situation. Yeah, and I guess it's like, meh. I guess there's that emotional attachment as well. When you, as an individual or a customer, has a particular problem mm. or request, it's desperately important to you. Yeah, yeah. At the exclusion <laughs> of everything else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so you become emotionally attached to uh -huh. certain requests. Exactly. Um, and it's I know I. All do about that prioritization. Well. At the end of the day, you have to work out, you know, what what do eighty percent of your customers want, not just. Joe, who's using it in a one-man, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes they're the most vocal, so you have to do some work to please them as well. But, mm. but 
but generally it's working out what most people will benefit from, not just one person. Yeah, I must admit, even in the short time I've been in this team, the big long list of features that I was initially thinking of has been adjusted to more of what are the top three, top four barriers to this being adopted. Right. Let's deal with those. Right. And some of those are technical and some of them have nothing to do with technology whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. They're to do with people and process and exactly. the businesses and things like that. Yep. Which not saying that's my responsibility that's obviously somebody else's but it helps put into context my anxiety about this particular tiny little attribute yeah is like me worrying about how many angels will fit on the top of a pin yeah when there's this much bigger thing going on in the background i, I guess that's probably the thing i'm getting from the new role which i didn't see that before even right. in the role i was before i never really saw those machinations so it's all and it, it, yeah and there's there's tricks that they teach you from the pm side about you know how you, how you deal with that i mean if you've ever gone into a meeting with a pm before and he said right mr customer i'll give you ten dollars you can put one dollar in each feature and, and you know where would you put your ten dollars all right okay. <laughs> you know try to put the onus back on the customer makes them prioritize <laughs> yeah, things exactly. rather than you have yeah, yeah that's yeah. an interesting process i was saying to the the pm that i was once in a, a three-hour discussion this is back in sort of esx2 the ESX3 days about things I wanted the product to do. Mm -hmm. So imagine if somebody gives me an opportunity to say what I think the, the product should include three hours later, it's like, yeah. can you <laughs> please stop? Yeah, okay. But it, it was one of those, I, the only little frustration was is having to provide a use case for every single one. Mm. But I do understand why that's done because the, the justification of, because I just goddamn want it, isn't really a very compelling one right. that you can take back to yeah, the, the yeah, business. Yeah. And so you have to sort of, it's right. narrowing it down, yeah, finding yeah, out yeah. what the real use case is, mm. and then narrowing that right the way down until you actually solve the problem mm. that you're being asked. Indeed. Not what the problem looks like, but what the problem actually is. And also, I mean, I guess maybe there's a difference here with Power CLI being for free. The reason I do the speech marks is obviously you have to have our platform yeah, in order yeah, yeah, to right. use it, yeah. but people aren't charged for the use of Power CLI. Mm -hmm. Does that commercial imperative make it different, or can't you tell from where you are? You know, because in, in other BUs, yeah. it's just pressure to sell product. And, oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, and, and because it's more, you know, part of a product or part of a product set, it's kind of, yeah, it's a different emphasis, definitely. Um, but it's more of a, a, an, an internal justification than an external one, I guess. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody externally sees the benefit and knows that, you know, mm. these tools all make up a usable system at the end of the day. Right. So, you know, the fact that it needs to be there is never in question. Okay. Um, it's just, yeah, more internal, I guess. Okay. But I, I don't want to put anyone off, by the way. I'm, no. when, you know, I, I want people to tell me what they want. Absolutely. Oh, no, 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 of course we um, and, and because at the end of the day, those go in my backlog of things that I want to solve. And the more stuff I get, the better, because they get prioritized at some point in the future. And you might think, oh, you know, he's heard this before, so I won't tell him. But mm. that's, that's the stuff I do want to hear, because if I've heard it before, it makes it higher on my list of stuff to yeah. do. Well, so yeah, I mean, if somebody raises a request or a justification just once, that's quite different from a thousand individuals. Exactly, exactly. In different types of businesses all right. saying the same thing, you can right. take a steer right. from them. Okay, so moving swiftly on into sort of what's happening in the kind of power CLI mm -hmm. space, one mm -hmm. of the things I heard about recently was this thing called Power Actions. Now, I have a rough idea mm. what it is, but the man is here, <laughs> so I can, I can ask him and get it straight from the the fire hose, as yeah. Americans like to say, or from the horse's mouth. No, no, no reflection on British teeth, by the way. So what, what is Power Actions and, and why should people be interested? Power Actions is awesome. 
I mean, it's awesome. so, uh, it's like... You spent too much time know, in the US have... now, everything's awesome. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'd never do that again. <laughs> we can cut that out, or maybe I should keep it in, I don't know. There's, there's one thing that I know I'll be American when I can do it properly. Uh, in Santa Cruz, it's like a large surfing community. All right. And, and so they use all the surfing type words, and, right, you know, okay. right on. Or, you know, it doesn't work with an English accent. Right, right on. Right on, you know, <laughs> when they, when they say it as well. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. when, I, when I do that naturally, I'll know I've, I've pushed the line. It's time to go home for a holiday or something. All right, know? well, in 30 years' time, I'll come back and see whether you're able to do it. But anyway, power actions. Power, power actions. <laughs> Power Actions is, uh, is a VMware fling. So VMware flings, for those that are not aware, are things that our engineers find cool or think, hey, wouldn't it be cool if our products did this? But it's not really something that comes from a product manager. It's not an emphasis. It's not, you know, it's not something I go and say, hey, we want this. It's something that they have their spare time. Uh, they get very limited spare time, by the way. So it's something that in their spare time- It has to be time, a pet project for them. Yeah. And, and you know, nine times out of 10, this is stuff that they do outside of work that comes back in. And the two guys that actually worked on this project are, um, they're not even in the Power CLI team. Really? They're in the web client team. They're in a different team ah, altogether. Okay. Which would make sense actually. Yeah. When you tell so, people what it is. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> you know, these guys took their own time right. to create this thing and then release it out to the community. And you know, that's what VMware things are about. Release this stuff out to the community, get some early feedback, give people uh, a chance to look at where we're thinking, what we're looking at, and just see, you know, test the ground. Is this product what people want? Mm. Um, and so Power Actions is a way for you to run PowerShell through your web client, first of all. Mm. So when you launch the, the web client, you will get an extra little menu item on the left-hand side that says PowerShell console. Mm. You'll be able to click in there and you'll be able to run your commands as if it was a PowerShell console. Mm. And now the first thing about that is obviously the web client can be run anywhere. It can be run on a Mac, it can be run on Linux, it can be run in any supportable browser. Mm. So the idea he here is PowerShell, that this is this Windows-centric way of running your your commands mm. now becomes available to anybody with a browser mm. so like that's number one big thing right that's number one problem solved um, and the second thing that it allows you to do is actually add scripts into the web client so you know have you ever been in the web client and said oh i wish i could right click this and do something else right yeah. right i wish i could extend this web client to do what i want it to do well, now you can right, because okay. with Power Actions, you can actually right click on a data store and say, run this script and not only run this script, but return the results in a web client like format. Right, so okay. it returns them as a, as a table in, a, in the web client that looks exactly like a web client table rather than a PowerShell output window. And there's there like a, a catalog where these PowerCLI scripts can be held and yeah, so versioning and things like that? Well, there's two main areas, really. There's, there's something we call MyScripts, which is an area where you no, can go a, in. What a name, MyScripts. Yeah. You can go in and you can actually run. Somebody else's scripts. Yeah. Well, that's next. So we have my scripts where you put your scripts in that you find useful, mm. and then you associate those with your objects or your, you know your data centers, your right. VMs, your data stores, uh, and you run those. And then there's another area called shared scripts, right, which okay. is like a, a separate area where anybody that you launches the web client, so anyone in your organization can actually pick those scripts up and use those. Mm. So when they right click they'll see not only the personal ones that they've written, but everybody else's as well. Mm. 
And what we've done with that, which is pretty cool as well, is again, opened it up to the community because Power CLI is all about the community. community. <laughs> and uh, we, we've created a script that actually downloads the shared scripts from a repository online. So you can you can actually say okay you know I find this useful why don't I share it with everybody else? Interesting. Uh, so you run the script on your box, it downloads all these shared scripts and instantly adds them to your web client. So you're automatically extending the web client with not only your thoughts and the things that you want to do, but everybody else's as well. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I um, think it's great. I, I I'm think, biased. Uh, well, no, and I also <laughs> felt for a while that some sort of library or place where you could store your Power CLI scripts mm. and make them available or not available to certain sets of people. Yeah. The ideal way of doing that. Otherwise, you sort of, you've got scripts on a file share somewhere. Exactly. Which is a bit 1990. Yeah. Way of, and then the issue of versioning and who has the rights to execute these becomes, yep. once you're sharing it with somebody else, yeah. there's that issue of trust of that script and so on and so forth, which needs to be considered. Exactly. I think I think it's a great project and it's definitely something that I want to work on further. I would love for people to pick it up and, and use it, tell me what it does do, what it doesn't do, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just give us feedback. We're, we're super fast at turning this thing around. We've released a couple of new versions already. Right, the documentation's okay. being updated. Cool. Um, you know, the community's jumped all over it. Um, you know, I'm probably not allowed to share these figures, but within the first two weeks of it being released, we had over 1,500 downloads. Well, you just shared it's those like, figures. I know, I just did. <laughs> so there we go. You're not, you didn't hear that, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, look into the red dot. <laughs> so um, the other thing that happened recently was there was like a kind of five dot release of all the kind of uh, management sort of products. I think we're using the phrase V-Realize now. And uh, I know there was a 5.8 version of power cli mm -hmm. being released as well so i mean there's probably lots gone into that and it's always a bit mean to say to somebody what one thing yeah out of that release but um we the podcast would then be probably two hours long if we went to every <laughs> uh new 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 attribute that's been added to the 5.8 release but for you what was the the big thing that came came through oh i mean you're asking me to narrow it down to one aren't you the one the one can i say two we're all friends. A bit on. like Desert Island Discs here. You're allowed a <laughs> you're allowed a one record at one luxury, and you get a complete uh, copy of uh, yeah. the, the Bible and, and Shakespeare. But you, what, what would be the two records? The two. The two. So the, the the first one is something that I've wanted personally for a long time, and it's glad and I'm glad sitting on the PM side of things. I see it coming in from other customers as well. Right. It's always nice to know that I'm kind of still in touch with what the community wants when I see stuff mm -hmm. that I want. So. Um, it's the ability to deploy our OVAs and OVFs with parameters. Right. It sounds like a small thing, but the ability to actually write a single script and specify things like my username, my password, my IP address that? ranges. I've, ne I've never tried to no, use power CLI. We, we had a commandlet that allowed you to deploy an OVF, mm. but you know when you deploy an OVF in the web client, you get, client, you get a nice bunch of options. Mm. Well, we never allowed you to fill those out. It was always kind of like you had to go in afterwards to do that. Mm. And sometimes you couldn't do that because the VM would power on and it would fail because we have because the scripts and there. it was like, yeah. Mm. So, so we went back and we just added that, and it sounds like a small feature, like I said, but, but the ability to actually deploy all of our OVFs with a common set of, of parameters is just huge, you know. For I guess people, that's something that even here internally we would want to use. Oh, yeah. So many of our things yeah. are now delivered by an appliance. Exactly. Putting right. something together from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Can and be the, quite you know, lengthy if you're not automated. Yeah, and think about it in the in the context of vRealize Automation or vCloud Automation Center, as its former name was. Mm. 
you know, that, that kind of context, you're talking about Windows boxes, you're talking about um, OVAs and OVFs for the security appliance, mm. you're talking about a number of different ways that you need to deploy this thing. It, it quickly becomes very complicated. But PowerCLI, obviously, you know, we can call Windows, we can run stuff inside Windows, we can right. run stuff inside guests. Now we can deploy OVAs, we can give it parameters. So there's nothing to stop you writing a script that deploys your entire infrastructure and deploys it time and time again. Cool. So that was the first one. That was the first one. And the second one? The oh, second you can't one, remember it yeah. now. The second one was uh, storage, storage policy-based management right. commandlets. Okay. You know, it's just another one of those areas where we didn't cover the storage policy-based stuff at the moment, mm. uh, and that we added commandlets in there to work with storage policies, uh, define the rules, define the rule sets, enable you to take the features that the storage provides you mm. and create tags, create rules based upon those features, the VASA features, where do, where and then you, use those. Do you see that mainly being used with something like vSAN or across the board with storage arrays as well? Or is it, was yeah, it vSAN no. that was driving? No, not at all. The, yeah, um, it does use those, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, VASA is there. And so the other storage providers use that as well. So right, okay. it's, it's not specific to vSAN. Um, and, and even you can define your own tags as well and then associate data stores to those tags. Mm -hmm. So I could create a tag called Mike and say, okay, each one of my VM that gets created has to have Mike. You know. I think that would be a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm not too quite sure what the tag Mike would represent. <laughs> like VMs yeah. to avoid. Yeah. If Mike run away, uh, would be probably the logic of that. So um, last question really, which mm -hmm. is more about you and where you're going is typically on the Chinwag, if I, if I know the person is uh, had a, a blog that's popular and let's face it a lot of people who have come over to VMware from the customer side one method not the only method is they become visible through their blog output yep but I had a look at your blog and uh, oh. there were no blog posts between June and September <laughs> which I guess you could say well, that's called VMworld Mike the yeah. conference season yes uh, I guess you still want to keep your your virtual dash out Net. Yeah, virtue owl. Yeah, uh, running, but uh, I, I guess the pressures of the, of being a product manager, you have that isn't you know blogging every day is not the PM's job really, is it? it it's not that. It's not that at all. No? You know, I'm I am encouraged to keep my blog up. Everybody mm. at VMware realizes you know what a good outlet it is and where a lot of the thoughts come from and a way for me to convey my own personal output to the community. Mm. Uh, so it's definitely not that it's not realized at VMware and that, you know, it's like, you can't blog, you're a PM now, what do oh, you no. think? I mean, I wasn't um, suggesting that, I was just yeah. thinking about the pressures of the job. It's, uh, it's totally the pressures of the job. Mm. It's the fact that I don't even get time, you know, enough time to spend with my family and, Aww. well, you know, I do, but there's, there's always stuff I want to do to make the product better mm. and, you know, I just don't get the time to write my blog posts up. I'm constantly sat there thinking, oh, that would make a good blog post. I should blog that stuff, you know, but I just, I don't find the time nowadays. And it's, I must admit uh, what I'm failing. Been, yeah, I must, I'm, I must admit, I, I'm a bit erratic in my own output now, but I think that's probably as much to do with the fact that I'm in a new job. Right. And when you're in a new job and a new role, it's sort of like, that becomes all consumed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hopefully now that VMworld US and EU are, are done with, it'll be less insane. The, there isn't any, well, any immediate indication that it's gonna be any less insane. The other I'm aspect of it is that I had a couple of sessions as well. So, you had so that I, don't, I don't wanna blog that stuff and then take away from VMworld. Like, wh why did I attend your session? I could just read your blog. 
you know, I'd rather blog it after the event to give people the resources and the, and the, and the it, chance it, to see what I did there. It's funny that you say that because um, one thing I've often uh, spoken to people about in the community is uh, this pressure that everything you do must be original and not what you've done before. Right. And that's quite a big burden to being so uh, creative all the time. Yep. And I've... It's not true either, I don't think. I think it's got... The way I look at it is is that uh, whatever you want to get across, there's many different channels to do that. Not everybody's going to read my library blog. I hope they do, but they're not going (laughs) to. So there's this other thing, which is the podcast, so I'll do that. And then there's these other things called the VMUG. And sometimes you kind of feel, oh, people must be getting really tired of this message because I'm saying it over and over again. Mm. Uh, I think it's probably more of a reflection of I'm saying, I'm hearing it over and over again, mm. but for the people in the audience or the people who are listening to a podcast, for that person, it may be the very first time you've heard it. So this, I mean, this Evo Rail thing has only been going publicly for a number of weeks. And when mm. I was at Barcelona, I was like, you know, surely everybody knows what this thing is. Now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm really patronizing somebody by going, it's a two U box with know, four yeah, servers yeah. in. But a lot of people who strolled up in the booth uh, in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, hadn't heard any of that message mm-hmm. because they were busy doing something else when VMworld US was on. So Oh, everybody's busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still get people come up to me now and say, so what is this power CLI stuff? Well, what I was going <laughs> to say about that comment was I didn't want to shoot all my barrels by writing what's on the blog and then right. reusing that at VMworld. Right. The audience at VMworld might never have read the blog for all you know. They might not have, no, but then, you know, they're, you paying, would, they're paying good money to go to VMworld. I'd rather do it the other way around. around yeah. I'd rather say, I'd rather talk about stuff and give them the kind of the new stuff at VMworld, mm. and then go back and do my blog post yeah, yeah. for the people that aren't paying. So what Not I'm, that they're any less yeah. valuable, of course. True. What, <laughs> I'm, what I'm finding is is that I find writing in a longer form helps me shape my thoughts. Mm. So I'm writing a number of blog posts about Evo Rail. At some point, they're going to become the source of a VMO presentation. Right. Obviously, not 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 just me reading out the entire <laughs> blog, although that might be tempting, but trying to distill it into a short fashion that I can get delivered within at least two hours uh-huh. of a VMUG presentation, and, and everybody says I go on for too long. But I somehow have to get in front of a keyboard and typing away for, the, for those thoughts to flow, because what I don't want to do at VMUG is deliver a, a standard VMware corporate deck, because right. I kind of feel that that material, not that there's anything wrong with uh, corporate decks, um, any anybody who works at VMware who mm. perhaps works in the team or a good SE who keeps up to date things should be able to deliver that. It's a different level, I think. Yeah, and you want to try and put something that is your personal stamp on things. Yep. Yep. And But the one thing I've always been a bit wary of is that, is what I'm saying representing the official company line right. or is this the Mike Laverick view? And of course, when you come to a VMUG and it doesn't have any of our corporate logos on, mm. you're sending a message of that this is the way I'm sort of seeing things. Not that I'm some sort of oracle on it, <laughs> but, and that, that this position may change, yeah. but rather than just something like a corporate deck that I've been using all the time. So, but yeah, yeah I, I, I imagine, so from what you're saying, are you hoping to take your VMworld content and rework that into a Yeah, definitely. Format? I've got a couple of videos that I shot for VMworld that I walked through. I've got some scripts that I wrote for VMworld. I've got, you know, content that I definitely need to blog about. Yeah. Um, it's just not 
having the chance at the moment to do that. So well, I, bet, I bet each PowerPoint slide that you had in your VMworld deck could be a blog post in its own right. It almost. could potentially. Apart from the disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> I could talk about that as well. You know. <laughs> well, no, the no, introduction, no. well, you know, I'm good at introductions. <laughs> I could do a whole introduction uh, as an entire uh, you know, presentation without any middle or, page, right? <laughs> middle or end of it. It's just the introduction alone will be like you know, that sort of presentation. Well, thank you very anyway, much. You, you, you give me a hard time about my blog. I read RTFM the other day. I haven't seen any blogs on there. I know, it's been so inactive. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I still, um, that content, some of it now lives in Tech Target. And I was, okay. looking, I was looking up something from my old site on Tech Target. <laughs> and it said, to find out more, visit this link to RTFM. Oh. And when you do that, it goes looping around back to, because <laughs> they got rid of the domain name. So. Uh. Um, Weirdly enough, I got asked by one of the guys in the team about some stuff to do with Kickstart or Weasel now, I guess, is, is yep. the term that you should use for scripted installs. And I was like, God, I haven't looked at this in like at least three or four years. <laughs> and I, I helped with this appliance, you know, the UDA thing. Uh -huh, yeah, but I like remember that. You, you tend to, you get, you get moved into a different area, you do something else, you go back to it three years later, it's like, bloody hell. I must have been completely immersed in this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of like, mm, yeah. How does that work again? How does that yeah. work again? Yeah, exactly. Like anything, if you don't use it, you, you lose it. But we'll look forward to uh, a brand new series of blog posts coming your way on Alan's. Pressure's so on. You've heard the it pressure's here. Pressure's on. <laughs> pressure's on. One, one a day, please. Yes, no problem. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for, for being on the Chinwag. I'm going to keep it relatively brief because Alan's pasta salad here has been sat <laughs> for half an hour. He's took the lid off it. Is that from home? Yes, it is from home. So, yeah, yeah I don't want to deny him his, his lunch, but thank you very much for, for coming on to the show. And no I'm problem. sure we'll have you again. Good catching up with you, Mike. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.